It's now time for your Election Crimes Bulletin with Greg Pallast. And this is Dennis Bernstein with Greg Palace. This is a special extended edition of the Election Crimes <laughs> Bulletin, and there's a great deal going on. We're going to start, <laughs> though, with a uh, sort of a funny, if it wasn't so damn serious, uh, new film by one Mr. Donald Trump and Dinesh D'Souza. 2,000 Mules and Greg Palast. This film is actually the, I guess it's the smokeless gun. <laughs> you could say. It's, it's, it's got the, a lot of guns, it, but no gun smoke, no bullets, nobody it, it's getting the, wounded or arrested. Yeah. It's the smoking pop gun. Of uh, Okay, just so you understand, we'll, we'll let you in on the joke. We're laughing. But you won't be laughing in 2025, exactly. and I'll explain why. Okay, here's the deal. Um, Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago last week released a film fronted by Dinesh D'Souza, his favorite journalist. How do I know he's his favorite journalist? Because when Dinesh D'Souza was convicted of the felony crime of illegal campaign contributions and sent to the Huskow, he got pardoned by Donald Trump. Now, I'm not saying it's a, a payoff for Mr. Trump, but all I can tell you is Dinesh D'Souza has made this film for Trump called 2,000 Mules. And this is the proof, Dennis, or what they claim is the proof, that the election was stolen in, uh, from Donald Trump. Now, 2,000 Mules, now let me tell you how it, you know, I would almost want you to, I almost want you to just see it so you have an idea of what these guys are doing. It's really, really slick. And I have to tell you, it opened up in hundreds of theaters across America, standing room only audiences. They're eating, the right wing and Republicans are eating this up. This is the dead proofs that Donald Trump won the election. It was stolen by these 2,000 mules. Now, I'm not talking about donkeys, you know, with the straw hats and little flowers and stuff. I'm talking about black men. Now, you might say, kind of, it's kind of creepy to call black men 2,000, uh, to call them mules, but if you see the rest of it, that's the least of the, of the uh, issues. Um, the film, uh, the core of the film, they're showing you in they're showing you security footage and technical footage showing you that 2,000, at least 2,000, maybe as many as 54,000, mostly black men were paid to stuff ballot drop boxes in five swing states, particularly in Georgia. Now, how did they I'm do this? I'm looking at a still right now of a black yes. man in front of a, a drop box. Well, what proof. else do you need? I'm sorry, Dennis. That There it is. And what it is, okay, so they they have security camera footage of drop of the of voter drop boxes which are in most states um and in in Georgia um they claim that there were 92,000 false stolen ballots which were stuffed into the drop boxes and that's how Donald Trump lost Georgia because remember he lost Georgia by only 12,000 votes probably more than that but that's all that's as much as they could steal so only 12,000 votes and he lost to Biden and obviously if you if you stuff 92,000 fake ballots into drop boxes well that's how Trump lost and how they know that they were fake ballots well we can see it they got the security footage from the state. By the way, every single drop box in America has to have a security camera on it 24-7. So if anyone goes up to a box, we got your photo. We, we're watching you do this. So they, they actually got all the 
four million minutes of of um, of Atlanta footage. Uh, in particular, it's Fulton County, which is most of Black Atlanta. And they have all these millions of minutes of footage which they went through. That's a lot of minutes. That's a lot of minutes. That's gazillions of hours. They had these huge staff, and they proof. went through it. And they have this guy walking, this black man walking to, you go to gregpalace.com, you'll see it, uh, walking to a, um, to a drop box, and he takes his ballot. And are you ready for this, Dennis? I'm ready. He puts the ballot in the ballot box. No. Any questions? Proof. I, I don't know. Is that, that a criminal will, act? Well, according to Dinesh D'Souza, uh, he was one of the seventy-eight thousand. Voting while black thousand, in Atlanta, criminal. That was one of the seventy-eight thousand mm. illegal ballots. And in fact, they had Larry Elder. You know, the kind of right-wing fruitcake. He's looking at this picture on Dinesh D'Souza's computer and said, "Oh my God, it's O.J. Simpson." And he goes. The man goes back into his car after he casts his vote, and he drives away. He goes, you just saw O.J. Simpson leaving the scene of a crime. <laughs> and now I'm laughing, but this is, this is serious stuff. Now, did they steal 92,000 votes, stuff 92,000 illegal votes into the ballot boxes in Fulton County, Atlanta? Um, the answer is, hmm, there were only 78,000 ballots cast altogether in Fulton County drop boxes. So they stuffed wow. 92,000 ballots. So 120% of the ballots that were 140% of the ballots <laughs> that were cast in Atlanta Maybe were by mules. Maybe boxes from another county. And, no, and not even a single legitimate vote. And we know that because there's no. film after film of black people going in and putting ballots in the ballot box. And some of them have put, like this guy, he had two ballots. Now understand, one of the reasons you have ballot boxes, you take your family's ballots, you know, your wife, your... Your mother, not your dog, maybe your grandma's in a wheelchair, you take her ballot to the ballot box. Now, how do they know? He, now, they said there's more to this than this black man simply putting a ballot into a ballot box. They said that they have film of him. Are you ready? Yes. That night, he went to 27 ballot boxes, and they've got the film. Now, that's pretty damn convincing, except for one thing that kind of disturbed me, Dennis. They didn't show any of that other 26 drops that he made. He said, we have the film, we have the record showing this man that you're looking at dropped 27 other ballots, 26 other ballots that night. Now, they have all this footage. They have the footage of the guy. By the way, for some reason, they have his name, but they kind of fuzz his face. They had another black man dropping off a ballot. They fuzz enough that you know it's, he's a black person, but he covered up his face. He had a dog with him. He had a dog. Can you imagine bringing your dog to a, to a felony crime scene? And they fuzzed out the face of his dog. Now, <laughs> now I'm an, now you know me. Uh, Greg, people know Greg Palace. I'm a investigative reporter. Whether you think it's a good one or a bad one, whatever. I can tell you in my career, I have never, nor have I known any other reporter, who's ever watched and filmed someone committing a felony crime and covered up their face. We don't cover up the face of the guilty. We cover up the face of the innocent. So why do they want to cover up this man and cover up the face of his dog? Because we see the car, we see the man, we see the dog. We could get his name. They said that they have his name, so mention it. Larry Jones dropped off 27 ballots. Let's go arrest him. Uh, but they didn't. That's odd. So they're covering up the names of the guilty. Now... Again, now they now we move to Detroit, where they said that they that mules stuffed 100 ballot boxes, drop boxes, which is astonishing because the whole 
the city of Detroit only had 30 drop boxes. But somehow they stuffed 100 of them. Um, now, this continues. They then say, well, who's doing this, right? Because your first question has to be, follow the money, right, Dennis? Everyone knows you You read Greg Palace. That's my whole shtick. You follow the money. So they did, and I'll, and I'll give them credit for this. Now, when I say, who is them? Them is a group called True the Vote. Now, wait, some of you may be thinking, some of you have been taking careful notes during the election crimes bulletin should know True the Vote. If you remember, uh, last year and this year, we talked about a group who had falsely, wrongly named 300,000 black people, Asian Americans, Hispanics, and young people as illegal voters in Georgia, run, trying to stop these people, including Major Gamaliel Turner, who's been assigned here to California by the commander-in-chief because um, he's in the military. And they denied him uh, this group, True the Vote, got his ballot, his absentee ballot. He's, a, he's an officer, U.S. Army. Got his ballot denied. So he couldn't get a, an absentee ballot. But he was one of 300,000. This is the group, True the Vote, that, that did this so-called study that got the 4 million minutes of film that claimed 100 drop boxes were stuffed when there's only 30, that claimed 92,000 of those drop box ballots were, were fake when there were only 78,000 ballots in total. Um, this is the same group. And then let me follow the money a little further. Behind them, Dennis, is a group called... The Bradley Foundation, they're the new Koch brothers of the new right-wing billionaire funders of all the, this vote suppression trickery that's going on. And, but here's the coup de grace. Here's, here's what they say is the ultimate proof. And that Trump was having a, a, a kind of microphone orgasm over at Mar-a-Lago. They have this whole new system to prove that these were mules. They use geotracking. Now, what is geotracking? Now, if you carry around a cell phone, and who doesn't, um, you can go, anyone can go to, uh, go on the web and you'll look geotracking. Anyone can buy location material on everyone's cell phone. In other words, if I can say, who's here? I'm at KPFK Studios Los Angeles, and I could buy um, 100 million dots locating cell phones. They're not, you don't know whose they are. All you know is the dots, Right. And you're locating these cell phones. And uh, so I can know that there are, you know, 92 people who are, um, you know, within a mile of this station. So they actually, that's how they know this guy went to 27 Box. Now, they have the film. They have his name. They have a license plate. They don't name him. They don't bust him. And they don't show the film. But they say, they show on a computer that he stopped at all these 26 boxes. Now, that's pretty convincing. Why would this man stop at 26 drop boxes in the night and you know everyone's shocked watching this they have like guys like sebastian gorka you know the chubby checker of the right wing um saying oh my god look at that line he's just stopping every drop box except that this line on a computer is actually not the information that they got from the geo tracking company and in fact if you go are you ready geo tracking you're not because you're not allowed to identify people in their cell phones. We we don't have. I mean, maybe in Russia the FSB can do this, but it's also almost technically impossible. Geo trackers are effective within thirty meters or ninety three feet. In case um, you are a, are a victim of no child's behind left education, ninety thirty meters is ninety three feet roughly. And in other words, 
if the guy dropped off his box and then went home somewhere or you know left uh, went on a trip somewhere he went by many boxes by <laughs> 90 feet or something um and they kept showing all these people why are these 2000 people going every day by 5 6 7 12 they said the average mule went by 25 mailboxes and uh 25 mailboxes and dropped off five ballots each well, one, there's no such record. Even though every ballot is time-stamped and date-stamped, somehow it doesn't match their stuff. And they didn't go by. They went... So if you're, if you're jogging every day down a path and you go by four boxes, you're clearly a mule, even though it's across the highway. They actually... I looked at some of their maps. These dots were across a highway. Someone must have had very long arms to reach into those drop boxes. In addition... Okay, so there's, so I say the film should not be called 2,000 Mules because who would go by drop boxes every day? The, it should actually be called 2,000 Mailmen. And, and I'm laughing, but this is, you know, this, I'm going to tell you why this is dead serious. Uh, but I'm holding that for the, the horrible punchline. Okay. And then, um, and then uh, on top of it, one other thing, I'll, I'll, then after the bottom of the hour, we'll go into more of it. But um, so... If you are jogging or driving, then they said that they had, and this is the key thing, well, who paid for it? Like I said, for all the money. They show a picture of Mark Zuckerberg. They show a picture of George Soros, and they have Warren Buffett. And they said, and they get some right-wing so-called expert to say, these men have the money to buy all these ballots, hundreds of millions of dollars. They say the ballots, that the mules are paid 10 bucks a piece to drop off these ballots, they don't say how they know this. And they say, so ten, so they paid this money. Now, how do they know that? Now, that's a serious stuff. If Zuckerberg uh, and um, George Soros paid for all these illegal ballots, because remember, they, they did admit that you can't just make up a ballot and throw it in a box. You have to use a real ballot because every ballot has a barcode and is assigned to a particular voter, and you have to sign it. So... They had a forge. Are you ready? How many votes? Eight hundred seventeen thousand ballots. They said were for were illegally cast. That meant three quarters of a million successful forgeries and getting all these ballots. Now, what's their evidence that Zuckerberg and Soros and Buffett paid for this? Well, two or three out, two or three are Jewish. What other questions do you have? Then that's it. That's the only evidence. That's that's 100% of the evidence they presented, except for one thing. They showed a woman named Stacey Abrams. Now, you may not know this, but Stacey Abrams is a woman, and she is black. And they kept saying that these ballots were obtained from a not-for-profit organization. Then they'd show Stacey Abrams' photo. Now, she has a not-for-profit organization in Georgia, Fair Fight Georgia, that I've worked with. And... Um, they don't say that she actually made the payments or gave out the ballots. They just keep showing her picture. Black woman, are you questioning their evidence? It's a black woman, and Jewish guys put up hundreds of million dollars. Black men are going to ballot boxes. I don't understand why anyone would even question this solid evidence. There it is. And, uh, and here's the, the horrible punchline. This has been applauded and adopted by virtually every Republican and right-wing group. And why is that important? What do we care? We care a lot. Because in, on January 6th of 2025, 
Congress will meet to certify the presidential election. And unlike last time where they try to stop the certification, but they kind of did it all on their own, you know, they, they didn't really prepare it. This time, they're going to have a, a Congress, probably a Republican House, and if they can take Georgia, they'll have a Republican Senate, and they'll say, well, look, our geotracking says that all these votes are cast by mules, so we can't certify Georgia or Michigan or Wisconsin or Pennsylvania where they say these mules are operating, the 54,000 mules. None of them confessed, by the way. They couldn't get one guy to say, they gave me money, so I did it. Nope. Um, so they will not certify those states. That means that we go to a 12th Amendment election. The 12th Amendment of the Constitution says that if no one gets 270 electoral votes, then it goes to a vote of the states. One state, one vote. The majority of delegations are Republicans. It's Donald Trump's inauguration. Hail to the thief. This is no joke. That's Greg Palast. I'm Dennis Bernstein. You're listening to the Election Crimes Bulletin on Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We have been working with Greg for the last 20 years, and we will continue the work again. We're going to now invite into this conversation, Greg, uh, uh, your... Uh, partner photographer Zach Roberts, who has yes. done some extraordinary work, among other things, photographing the extreme right wing in Charlottesville, Charlottesville uh, that led to some of these uh, maniacs uh, getting uh, busted and even held accountable to some degree. Zach Roberts, welcome to uh, Flashpoints. This is sort of a big day in Washington, D.C., because uh, it looks like the investigating committees of the Congress are going to call a few Congress people uh, to testify. Uh, and we're hearing uh, that the Oath Keepers uh, have been coming up in the news. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, what does this look like to you uh, from uh, Ground Zero? Along? And, and Greg as well, please chime mm -hmm. in because uh, this is the news of the day. Well, I, and just to yeah, make it we, clear, uh, this January 6th committee has subpoenaed other members of Congress, completely unprecedented. They have asked, uh, I think it's it's McCarthy, the, the uh, minority leader, Biggs, Gozar. I mean, uh, Zach Roberts is the expert on January 6th, which is why I'm deferring to him. He's been investigating these characters from way before January 6th and ever since. So why would they call in Gozar and McCarthy? What's going on here, Zach? Well, I mean, with uh, McCarthy, I mean, all these guys are basically, we have uh, uh, McCarthy, Scott Perry from Pennsylvania, um, Jim Jordan from Ohio, Mo Brooks, um, uh, Andy Biggs from Arizona. There's also um, uh, Ronnie Jackson, if we remember that, uh, that uh, character who used to be Trump's doctor, who is um, somehow magically still uh, now in Congress, um, that all of these people have been um, subpoenaed to come and testify because all of them have participated in one way or another in basically trying to decertify or stop the vote count um, in in uh, in uh, November and in January or November December and January uh, basically that those three months um, and they have been nonstop these people these are also the people the kind of the core Trump MAGA crew who have not stopped. Um, just trying to chip away at the legitimacy of the Biden victory in uh, 2020. Um, and so we have, you know, I mean, like basically I, 
I don't know if any of them are going to actually testify. Um, they'll probably, you know, turn over letters and do that sort of thing, do whatever they can do to not, um, uh, not be put in contempt. But on the other, on the problem, the problem is, is that as we keep very slowly moving towards November is the January 6th, uh, commission's power is slowly weaning as all of these all of these congressmen and all of these conspirators to overthrow the United States government essentially know that in 2022 and especially when we get closer to 2022 that people the power you know people don't want to get messed up they're running for you. office you know they're running for office they don't want to get messed up in this this politics they have this imaginary dream still a lot of democrats that they're going to win over some trump voters to to win in november um, and so it's well, I should also add that that uh, yeah. Zach, let me just jump in here. One of the reasons yeah. that these guys are dragging their feet and the committee issued subpoenas, which has never been done to sitting congressmen before. One of the reasons yeah. they issued subpoenas to try to speed this up. Everyone knows that in January, there's a darn good chance that Republican. In fact, it's almost inconceivable that the Republicans won't take control of the House, at which point this committee is defunct. And therefore, these guys have simply run out the clock on their criminality or or alleged criminality. Again, they are people who there's also questions about their involvement in January 6th. One thing that that Zach and we have Zach D. Roberts on from the Palace Investigative Fund and um, that he was tracking these characters like. Uh, Ali Alexander, who just turned state's witness, apparently, though he still has a huge uh, right-wing following. These are the people who had led the illegal march, planned the actions, and you got guys like Biggs and Gozar, these two congressmen, and there are other congressmen. You'd know them. uh, Zach uh, D. Roberts can fill it in better than me. But these congressmen um, were also involved in telling, you know, uh, telling, uh, organizing basically organizing the situation that would lead to mayhem. And they knew it. They knew Ali Alexander had been told, and he must have communicated because he met with these Congress people before January 6th. He had meetings with them, and clearly they knew, and this is what the committee needs to confirm, that they knew that such a march and such actions were dangerous and illegal. So they, that's yeah. part of what they want to uh, get out of these characters. Yeah. Tell us a little uh, bit the, about he, their about their involvement. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the Palace Investigative Fund was on the ground, and we were actually on the ground in Atlanta, um, which was one of the one of the core places that these a couple of these characters were um, were uh, running around trying to uh, save the Senate for the Republican Party. Andy Biggs, we documented um, there, um, basically talking about how he was going to work with Congress to try to stop this the vote count. And that was in that was in December. That was before January sixth. Um, that's his, Congressman Biggs. Yes, I'm sorry, Congressman Andy Biggs from Arizona, who was going in there stumping for uh, Purdue and um, and the Repu- and the rest of the Republicans during the during the runoff election. Um, and then you know there's we have Mo Brooks who is the ringleader, ringleader of the Republican efforts to uh, file formal complaints against counting the Electoral College, which is what was supposed to happen, like, immediately on January 6th. And, and so, like, these are the guys that were the officials working for people, basically working for people like Ali Alexander and the Oath Keepers and, that's, and, and those things that we have. I mean, there are text messages, there are conversations 
Oath, um, the Oath Keepers have regu- regularly messaged or, or talked about uh, Ronnie Jackson, Trump's former doctor, who's a congressman, um, in their private messages. These are the guys that like helped basically the Oath Keepers figure out how to get layout plans and that sort of thing. Gave them tours. You know, Marjorie Taylor Jackson, another person from from Georgia. Um, these are all we have members of Congress who were helping the insurrection, and they're still sitting. They're still sitting in Congress, and the Republican Party still they're still sitting on on committees, and they're still recognized members of the Repu- of the Republican Party. And I mean, and, the reason is McCarthy. And, and, and let, let me just jump in here, Zach. Right. It, it's Dennis. It's it's Dennis Bernstein here with uh, Greg Palast, and that's see this is the thing. What this could be is the final straw on people are above the law. There are so many people wondering, all kinds of people, former attorney generals and just everyday Joes on the street, are wondering how it could be that the former president could clearly lead an attempted, lead an attempted insurrection to overthrow the government and still be able to be supporting of the candidates and getting ready to run for president again. Where is the attorney general? Do we think he's well, just terrified of this? What is really going to happen? Because as you point out, uh, Congress is about to change over. They're not, uh, they did subpoena a few people of their, a few of their brothers uh, uh, today, but they're not moving very fast, and this doesn't look like it's going to go anywhere. So this is really a demonstration, finally, we're all, those of us who are white and rich and have positions of power are against the law. Why would anybody ever again listen to Congress, pay attention to a subpoena if they see that these folks, one after another after another, are above the law, can ignore me, a subpoena and run for office? Let me just note that Mark Meadows was already found, uh, was he was subpoenaed. Mark Meadows was the uh, the chief of staff to Trump. He was the one that was fielding the text messages, for example, from Clarence Thomas's wife telling Trump, um, uh, impose martial law, or I guess that was Marjorie Taylor Greene, excuse me. I don't want to con- I don't want to confuse my conspirators. Um, Marjorie no, well, Taylor no, Greene. No, Virginia but, Thomas was. No, no, no. She was, she, she uh, was I've also, got this right in front of me. She was uh, messages to Chief of Staff Meadows in the weeks after the election day. The wife Supreme Court Justice Clara Thomas called Biden's victory, quote, the greatest heist of our history. And the thing is I, I that Meadows refused can... to test. Wait, I should. I just important thing because yeah. you asked where it's the Justice Department. Meadows refused to testify. The committee voted to find him in contempt. It went to the Justice Department, and it's been weeks now. And Merrick Garland has not acted on it. You, in other words, the committee can find you in contempt, but there's no fine or penalty or jail time unless the Justice Department then picks up the case and, and hauls you in. So we're still waiting on the Justice Department on Mark Meadows. The chance that, that the Justice Department, that this Justice Department, if they don't grab Meadows, who does not have congressional immunity, the chance that they're going to take action against congressmen, these guys know it's slim. So they're just going to kite it along, like uh, Zach said, maybe giving some papers over, or maybe not. They may just say, you're not legitimate, hold their breath until January when they expect a Republican Congress to disband this committee. Amazing. There are, well, listen. There are, there are, yeah. 
Go on, Zach. There, there are yeah, there are teams of lawyers on the Republican side, not, none of them very good, <laughs> but they are ready to just fill paperwork and keep this going because they know they just have to keep it going through through November. And the Justice Department is not that is not being aggressive in the way that even, you know, they were even the previous Justice Department was investigating Hillary Clinton. I mean, these these are all these are all none of these guys. I don't believe if I was a betting man, which I am not, (laughs) um, but uh, if I was a betting man, none of these guys are going to speak um, in front of uh, in front of uh, the commission. Um, But what we what we do have is the uh, the big problem is is that we're we're not going to see all these guys are going to get reelected and that they're still going to be in Congress. McCarthy is going to there's a really good chance that um, he's going to be the House leader, which is why he's not going to speak. I mean, he has everything in his life to hold up uh, to make sure that this is slow walk through. And um, I don't know. We're going to you know, we'll see, you know, the head of the Oath Keepers. We'll see some of these other guys go to prison. Um, we have, yeah. you know, complete another goofball Nazis like um, guys named like Baked Alaska who are, you know, trying to even muck up their own plea deals um, in court. Um, but we're going to see a bunch of, you know, the low level people, but we're not going to see. I mean, I, I, I wish I could be positive, have any positive thoughts about this. But uh, when you have the Justice yeah. Department not doing anything, the only thing that like. I've seen that looks positive is the DA in Washington, D.C. has a good lawsuit that's financial aspect um, that they're suing that a whole bunch of Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and other groups that I've talked about previously on this on this program. And that's kind of my only hope for any sort of justice, um, which is, you know, it's a pretend version of justice. But I mean, like you talked about, you know, that I kind of started on this beat around around Charlottesville and the Unite the Right rally. And the fact that I'm seeing so many of the people who were there, um, the, who were there, Nick Fuentes and all these other people palling around with members of Congress who also then four years later led part, were part of an insurrection on the United States Capitol and I've been screaming, me and hundreds of other people, been thousands of other people have been screaming about, yeah, you have to worry about these people. They're not going away just because Trump, Trump lost or because you decided that you don't want to look at this anymore or that these people aren't important to you anymore. Yeah. They're yeah. leading. And uh, we're, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt, Zach, because we're, yep. we're, we're, we're running out of time. But here, I, I'm very, very concern i by the way i very much appreciate your work and uh working with uh, greg palace to do this kind of informational reporting i'm i'm worried about the synergy uh, between now the combining of the anti-abortion movement and the anti-voter movement the insurrectionists i think this a combination is going to become very dangerous, much more violent, and terrible things are going to happen uh, because the Justice Department and the Attorney General is an absolute, at this point, I have to call him a coward. I don't believe he is representing the people of the United States uh, to demonstrate that people are not above the law. It's very troubling. Zach Roberts, thank you for joining us. Uh, Be safe. Please come back and keep us informed.